Welcome to Spare Time. The podcast where we talk about all things extracurricular, the things you do when you're not working or meeting mm-hmm. your biological needs. That's freaking right. And this is a spare time review of the month of April. April, year of our Lord, 2022. When I just said that, I said, that's got to be wrong. And then I realized, no, you're right. It's going to be May at the end of this week. Unfortunately, we're about to see all of those memes of Justin Timberlake. Oh, God, that's one (laughs) of the worst things on Earth. Yeah, it's not. It's one of the it's not a good thing that humans do, but we do it. I wish they would stop. What's Mm. the Mean Girls one? October 25th? Yeah, it's October 3rd, I think. Mm, You're right. Also bad. Yeah, not good. Anyways, that's Marie. And that's Elisa. Two friends on this podcasting journey. Yes, we're in my house. I'm on the floor. Elisa's on the day bed of the she shed, which is my office. I'm fully lounging. This is our podcast studio. Oh, it's so nice to be in the studio. I love to be in the studio. I have a new microphone. Hopefully it sounds better. Yeah, I I can absolutely confirm that it does. Hooray. What you guys don't know is the behind the scenes that we've been wrestling with Marie's mic for months. Yeah, you might know because sometimes it's <laughs> uh, in front of the scenes <laughs> because I sound bad. Sometimes it's in front of the scenes, but, um, but not today. We've turned over a new leaf. Um it is 10.06 yeah, I was gonna say Eastern so, Time. Something else you don't know is we've already been talking for three hours. We said, let's get together early. Let's just have a nice dinner and then do this podcast. And unfortunately, we love each other too much. Too much. We haven't seen each other in person in one of our homes, just the two of us, for a while. I can't even think about that or I'll cry. So I instead, know. Marie, how did you spend your spare time this month? I'm dying to know. It's hilarious because it happens every month that by the end of the month, I'm like, the whole month was yesterday, right? It really feels like it. Yeah, but unfortunately, I was reminded by Elisa that I did have COVID this month, and that was most of the month for me. Yes. Um, I got COVID in the final days of March. Well, actually, um, famously, if you listen to this podcast. Oh my God, it's so true. For March, um, Marie had covid during the time of the recording unbeknownst to me undiagnosed i was like i think i if you listen back i'm saying what everyone in america has said which is my allergies are so bad and there's a few times that she has to cough Uh uh-huh that is covid that's miss covid and um (laughs) here to tell you it's funny now i don't recommend it it was really bad yeah you had a bad time yeah i was sick for two full weeks and i'm still not totally healed i don't think like my little baby lungs are like a little asthma if i try to run like today i ran after the bus as is my monday custom Mm -hmm. and i was i still my lungs still kind of hurt i hate that for you but yeah you did say that the people said about one month Mm -hmm. is the recovery time yeah so i'm i'm nearing my one month mark um, so when I had COVID, I just watched a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one important thing that I cannot recommend enough that you plan for um, as a prize for yourself if mm-hmm. you get COVID is to watch all of the Twilight movies in a row because that is what <laughs> Hannah and I did. That is not a prize. Months and months ago, we said when we get COVID, because it seems as though everyone in America um, doesn't care and we will mm-hmm. probably get it. We are going to sit on the couch and watch all of the Twilight movies. And we did. How was it? Wait, was it in one day? 
Uh, it was two days. Okay. An NSM vibe. It was. It really was an NSM vibe. For those of you who don't know, we do a movie marathon with our friends, Elisa and I. Yes. Where we watch like nine movies in two days. It's iconic. So the Twilight binge was honestly child's play. Yeah, you've been Five like movies. literally training for this. Um, I'm here to tell you that the first three movies rock. Mm-hmm. Like way more than I thought they were going to. Like they were really fun to watch. The Breaking Dawn part one and two is objectively some of the worst cinema I've ever witnessed. Wow. And I had wow. I had never watched either one of them. I don't think I have. <laughs> they were so bad. They like, do I hate watch it? Yeah. Or? I think you should. It's worth watching because the decisions that were made are so psycho. Oh my like, god. You know she has the baby. This is this isn't a I do spoiler. know about the baby. They and the baby grows really fast. So what they did mm-hmm. was they cast a twelve year old girl Oh, yeah. Because at the end, she she looks like eight, but she's Uh 12, I guess. And they CGI'd her face onto the baby Mm. and also onto all the other ages of the child. No, no, no. And the baby looks, the baby has a full mouth of teeth. Mm -hmm. It's really fucked up. Takes you right out of it. Wow. So... I'm gonna save that for a rainy day. Yeah, I mean, I hope you, I hope you never get COVID. But if oh you do, gosh. you can save. That's what it's I'll a do. good thing to save because you won't be sad if you never do it. That's but it gives you a, a little to something look to look forward to. Should you be, uh, should you be housebound for 14 days? Mm-hmm. I know they're saying five days now, but that's fake. Oh God, all the rules are fake. Mm-hmm. Um, Marie, I have to ask you, as someone with a TV apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Was having COVID and being stuck in your house for 14 days a reason to venture inside or no? Um, no. Bold. For the t- to like go go to my TV apocalypse Yeah, to list. like watch something Have I talked there. about that on the podcast before? I don't think so, but I find it fascinating because I was like, surely the pandemic <laughs> would be the time and it well, wasn't. <laughs> I just don't really. Okay, so in college, I developed a theory mm-hmm. that TV was really good. And eventually the pendulum would swing the other way and I would be really sad without anything good to watch. So I had to save some good things Mm -hmm. for that time. The TV apocalypse. Um, It seems that I've been proven really wrong. TV's only getting better, babe. TV's just been getting better and better. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really felt compelled. TV is the new movies, if you will. It is. Um, And I'm like, I just don't think I ever need to watch The Office. You know what? I haven't, and I feel the same way. And I think that people are going to cancel us for that, but I I mean, Erica Davin is one of the number one fans. People fucking love The Office, and I'm like, you know what? I don't, no one, I don't think we need any more people to watch The Office. Enough people have watched it. I agree. Um, But you, 30 Rock is on the TV apocalypse, I watched it. I watched 30 Rock. I dipped into my TV apocalypse for the first time when I was in China. Thank and God. I was suffering from what I would later come to learn was undiagnosed depression. Fabulous. <laughs> That's the right uh-huh. time to to embrace 30 Rock. Yeah, it was important to me. Okay, well then I don't have any further questions Thank there. you. I haven't seen Parks and Rec either or Veep. That's the one. Those are the ones that I, I think are hard. I need to get in there. Both are required mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, I'll, I'm, I'll take it into consideration. Okay. Um, what have you been doing in your spare time this month? Well, Marie, I have been um, a single dog mom mm-hmm. for a lot of this month. And, you know, that's not something I necessarily asked for. 
And it's not something I'm necessarily good at. That's really what I've learned. Hey, you're um, doing your best. Thank you. I'm a six-year uh, dog sitter for a really special dog named Charles. You guys might know him. But it's like really fucking exhausting to have a dog, mm-hmm. especially in an apartment building. And that has been taking up a lot of my time. <laughs> Otherwise, um, I went to go see Joseph live two times this month, back to back, as is my custom. I have been waiting to see them since 2019. So mm-hmm. this was like truly a moment. And I have been listening to their music every single day since. And yes, I did buy the CD since I'm now a CD She's girl. A CD girl. Um, I've been making peanut butter Rice Krispie treats with this like chocolate peanut butter ganache on fucking repeat in the month of April. They're so good. They're so good. If you need the recipe, DM me. They're so good. So easy. They're just a crowd pleaser. I've made them like six times. And finally, I have been like ferociously listening to podcasts. One in particular that I'll speak about later, Fun. but like in general, I've just been in like such a podcast mood this April. And I'm it's also been, back on podcasts. It has been like really giving me a little pep in my step in it's my spare so time. It's so fun. I forgot, which is dumb because we actively make a podcast. This is a podcast if you are confused, <laughs> but yeah. You know, the thing is that podcasts like TV have really gotten better since we started doing this. Yeah, including ours. Including ours. But there's like a lot of fun pods out there. Yes. There's a pod for every mood, for every day of the week. For every mood, for all kinds of spare time. Yes. Um, One pod that I've been loving is called Normal Gossip, and it's like random people's gossip. And it's hilarious. I like that. I think I need to. You were telling me about that. And I think I need to listen because I love other people's tea. Oh, yeah. It's just like scandalous and weird. What's more fun than overhearing people talking about something juicy at a coffee shop? Nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. And that's what this podcast is. So I have been a freaking podcast listener podcast listener love it in my spare time um as you are all podcast listeners of this pod thanks for being here thanks for being here could you tell me about your best of april yes i have been thinking a lot about i'm getting into a routine of making the same things every week like there are a couple Mm. of things that i'm making on repeat whoa which is not my normal at all yeah i was gonna say unused one of them so unused for me one of them is tomato eggs which is used but it's every week i cannot go a week without it it's perfect to me in every way if you've never made them like every day for a week or just no i make them once a week and i eat them two days in a row okay um breakfast or lunch or brunch sometimes i have a work day brunch oh brunch Mm -hmm. love if you haven't made them you're missing out new york times um or like walks of life all the rest they're so simple all the recipes are pretty much the same i haven't made it i know i know i know you have to or i'll make it for you sometime yeah it's quite good Um, i want to eat it you're gonna like it, it i think um but the new thing in my rotation that is my best of the month is this recipe that has absolutely no business being as good as it is. And it's this Brussels sprout oh crispy gnocchi from the New York Times. It sounds really weird. You actually sent me this and you were like, you have to make this. And I was like, no, no which makes sense. <laughs> like, I only made it because we had we've been getting a lot of Brussels sprouts in our hungry harvest hungry harvest sponsor us please i love it um it is basically so you it's all in one cast iron pan Mm -hmm. you 
have the Brussels sprouts and sear them in mm-hmm. olive oil until they're brown. Then you sear the gnocchi in the pan. You do not boil it. It's just like the store-bought shelf-stable gnocchi. You put it in the pan. Then you add a shitload of butter and honey and mm-hmm. red pepper flakes until the butter gets brown. And then you add back in the Brussels sprouts, get it all schmaltzy and together, and then you put Parmesan cheese on top of it. I mean, that sounds good. Something How extremely special happens to the gnocchi because they – like. Store-bought gnocchi is gross. Like it's it's not cooked, but it's gummy. But it just doesn't ever cook right. Mm -hmm. Um, so they just kind of like get really crispy on the outside and chewy on the inside Mm -hmm. in a way that is so pleasing to me. Do they have like a rice cakes texture? mm, Not really, because there's really like two distinct textures, and I feel like rice cake is just like chewy, chewy, like um. The, the gnocchi are just really pillowy, and they get a good crunch. The honey, spicy honey v- butter mm. vibe is impeccable. It's just like, it kind of truly takes like 15 minutes, maybe less, and it's so delicious. Every time we eat it, we do the thing where you go, mm. That is the best thing. <laughs> so that's every week in my home, and I think that, wow. that that was introduced to me this month, and I think it'll be with me for the rest of my life. <gasps> I love it so much. Probably not every week, but I'm never going to forget about this. Oh, my God. I will always have gnocchi in my pantry now to To be able to make this. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll give it a try. I famously don't like gnocchi, but this is – I don't really – I don't really love it either. Mm -hmm. And this is – it's a different – it's a different ball game. Mm. Love. Okay, Lisa. Tell me about your best of the month. My best of the month is the 365 brand sesame ginger dressing. Whoa. Yeah, really, honestly, a curveball, you could say. I never buy bottled dressing, and I was at at Whole Foods, which is where they sell this 365 brand, Mm -hmm. and just like on a whim, this dressing really spoke to me, and I said, I'm going to get it, and I, there's definitely like some Asian-style dressings that I make regularly, like Mm -hmm. the Chrissy Teigen chicken salad dressing, the Love and Lemon Soba Noodle dressing, like both of those are great, but there is something like kind of luxe about a bottled dressing mm-hmm. every now and again. Yeah, why not? So I said, let's fucking do it. And then it's delicious. And I loved it so much. I made the same salad five days in a row An for lunch. Elisa Avalov classic. Unhinged. But here's the salad because I think that you would really like it. And I think a lot of people could really like it. Hit me. Roasted sweet potatoes mm-hmm. with roasted carrots. Yeah. Just because I like that. A really crunchy lettuce. Mm-hmm. Fishwife smoked salmon. Oh, yeah. Uh, wedges of orange or like suprems of orange, fresh, and then fresh cucumbers topped with some peanuts and sesame seeds. That sounds so good. It was an absolute slam dunk. And it's like the kind of lunch that I want to eat every day. Yes. But I don't. Salad with roasted root vegetables is the answer. It's it's it. And the salad has enough like fat in it mm-hmm. that it does keep you full. It's crunchy. It's light. It's cold. It's hot. It was just, it's like probably the best salad I've ever made at home because I, I struggle with that. But this was a good one. Wow. That sounds awesome. I would recommend it. It was my best of the month. Okay, I'm going to do it. Wow. Okay, and I'll make the Brussels sprouts. Okay, great. I guess I'm going to buy the dressing, too. It's, like, good. And the thing is, like, it has a million things in it. Like, not bad things. But it's just, like, 
I'm I'm genuinely not gonna buy all these ingredients to make mm-hmm. this dressing. So yeah. like, it's worth it. Love. Okay, great. Hehe. <laughs> Sold. Actually, one time I did also make um, teriyaki salmon, and then I put that on it. Yeah. Also good. Teriyaki s- sauce. I'm not using enough. I'm not using enough too. I know Erica's parents made teriyaki on the grill, and I literally bought some the next day because so I said exactly that. Teriyaki sauce. I'm not using it enough. It's so good. So good. Underrated. It's sugar. Yeah, exactly. What's not to like? What's not to like? Um, what is your worst? Kind of a cop out, but mm. my worst is having COVID. Um, there was only one answer here. Right. It was bad. It was bad. And it's just like I. I feel like everyone. I feel like it's propaganda that everyone is like it's mild, like. This new strain, I think God, I'm vaccinated. Like, it's so mild. I was better. I was only sick for 12 hours and I'm already testing negative. Like, I was on my butt for 10 days. Mm -mm. And it's just, like, so stressful. And you're like, I was, like, worried that I had long COVID. And, like, it's just a lot to process. It's not a good thing. No, I really, really didn't want to get it. And I'm really peeved that I did because, obviously, then you see all the stuff that's going around of like oh like covid ages your brain by 10 years and like all this scary shit and i'm just like we don't know anything about this is the truth and i don't like to be unwittingly participating in a biological experiment i totally get that so it was really not that fun i mean like the the watching stuff and whatever like being lazy like it was i'm not happy that i gave hannah covid obviously i'd rather not have given it to her we had like uh like good bad time mm-hmm. you know sitting on the couch and watching a million things but like we were stressed we were really sick our house was so disgusting after like two weeks of just like being two dead girls so that was my worst oh i'm sad for you that it is sucked. truly the worst of the if worst. you can avoid it don't get it you know Keep i'm wearing trying. a fucking mask this shit is not fun I i'm, I'm triple vax absolutely like, everywhere yeah. and i do feel like people look at me weird and Mm -hmm. i say who i don't think this is weird like who fucking cares if i'm wearing a mask i'm happy to wear a mask i genuinely don't care i will wear a mask always Mm -hmm. but anyways i'm sorry you had covid like after my you know they say you have like 90 days of strong immunity like i'm gonna be so masked up because i do not i know so many people who've had it twice like i was like i'm not fucking doing this again like yeah. i will not do it again those were literally your first words to me you were like i'm not gonna do this again it was horrible zero out of ten negative a thousand out of ten probably your worst of the whole time of the pod yeah my worst <laughs> of like the past 10 years it was so shitty oh shit that's bleak um <sighs> my worst for a little levity i guess yeah it is it is um, I just celebrated my six-year anniversary, if you can fucking believe I it. I love it. It feels like six minutes. Crazy. Um, but we said, let's go have a nice little dinner for our six-year anniversary. And one of the best restaurants in D.C., I believe, was um, A Rake for Progress. Mm-hmm. It was at the Line Hotel. It was Spike Jarday or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, also Woodbury kitchen is one of his spots. Like it was so, so, so good. And one of our like favorite dinner memories. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's go back to the line. There's a new restaurant there. I've heard it's really good. I was thinking that it was like up on the top floor, which is like Mm -hmm. gorgeous, like good vibes, et cetera. 
we get there, it's not on the top floor. It's in the lobby of the hotel, which mm-hmm. is like famously one of the things that they like to do for their restaurants. But like, I'm actually here to go on the record to say that it really doesn't work as a concept. Like it's so confusing. for like daytime. Sure. Mm-hmm. But for like a night, like an expensive dinner, it's just not the vibe. And like literally there were like 21 year old guys who were staying at the hotel that were just like sitting on the bench one foot away from me because they were like simply waiting for something in the lobby of their hotel. And I was like supposed to be eating dinner. It was super weird. You were supposed to be having like a Michelin star experience. (laughs) Yeah. Like vibes totally off. Then... I understand that there's like a staffing shortage happening across America right now. And I, I definitely have empathy for that, but there was only one server for probably 40 tables. Oh my God. So it was not happening. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can't, they were it. just like never coming by. And then we ordered three things for our appetizer. We got like, um, like a smoked trout toast that seriously tasted like, tuna fish out of a can Yikes. and mayo like it was just like not delicious at all we got a like spiced pimento dip with like these fun crackers good not great i haven't thought about it once since just now and then the third thing that we got was like a cornbread skewer type of deal like a or sorry like a hush puppy skewer mm-hmm. and the sausage inside was cut in the shape of a rectangle first weird second it was fully raw (gasps) and so we said we're actually gonna go like we don't want to keep spending any time or money here so we're gonna we're just gonna quit now whoa we asked for our check it took 55 minutes to get the check oh my god because there was only one waiter for one million tables it was just like so so bad like it was like and I feel bad because it's like I know that there's like so many factors at play right now Mm -hmm. but I do think it's also tough for the diner because it's like we are going out to dinner so irregularly that Mm -hmm. you like put more of an emphasis on it and then like this was probably the worst dinner I've had like in the last 10 years oh my (laughs) god that I mean getting up and leaving after appetizers is it's bad that's how you know it's really bad we went around the corner and we got a slice of Andy's pizza and that's how we did it. Um, Happy anniversary to you. Yeah, we'll be redoing that meal. Um, Golda will be coming to Revelers Hour, yes. so keep an eye out. Um, but yeah, that was my worst of the month for sure. Yeah, that sucks. That's just like... It's just a bummer. It's just the worst when you are trying to have a nice special thing and it doesn't work. Yeah, it was like really, really quite not special. Mm. Um we're going to deviate a little bit from our regular here and we're going to end on a best. We are. Um, we had an experience together, uh, just a few days ago Mm. where we went to the beautiful, beautifully new renovated Martin Luther King library. It was gorgeous. So stunning in DC to see Eric Kim talk about his new ish cookbook, Korean American. It just came out in this month. Oh, in this in this very month, mm-hmm. and Elisa, I think, has talked about it on the podcast before mm-hmm. because she read an advanced reader copy. Um, and we are now complete super fans of his. He's so darling. He's so funny. He's completely perfect. He's just like one of us. He's one of us. He wore a Hey Arnold T shirt 
a blazer and hiking boots. And he was carrying his backpack. Very, very full, cute, yellow corduroy backpack. Brought it up on stage. We were like, what's in there? I thought there would for sure be snacks, but in fact, he just brought his backpack. He just brought it on stage. I was like, he just wants to keep his valuables close. And I respect that. I respect the hell out of that. Don't set your bag down in a strange place when you're traveling, Eric. Mm -mm, Rule number one of the road. He absolutely knows. Um, Korean American is such a beautiful book. The way that I describe it is that it is essentially a novel with some recipes in it i think the writing is gorgeous yeah it's like there's a lot of like personal essay in there and he's an essayist like Mm -hmm. he writes really prolifically in all the best publications um so it's really nice to read a little like to get a little bit of like pretty vulnerable memoir with your delicious recipes yeah he was super generous with what he shared of himself in this book and of his family mm-hmm. and it really focuses on kind of the experience of immigrant families and how their food translates in a new world um kind of driven both by the ingredients that are available to them but also the culture that they absorb themselves into and i just thought it was really really beautiful i think most of you all know that i am an immigrant myself my parents immigrated here with me um and so much of the book resonated with me and something that really stuck out to both me and marie during the talk was how eric was just speaking so much about how the experience that he has and has shared in this book is meant to be it's not meant to be singular like it's meant to be shared and it is like that was very much my experience reading it yeah it feels really like unusual in culture right now Mm -hmm. to basically say like yeah this is my experience but it's also so many people people's experience even like outside of my personal culture um and I just felt like he was really insistent about that and he was really insistent about like not speaking like he was kind of like in one at the same time he was saying like this is like so universal as far as like the immigrant experience so like i'm speaking for a lot of different people or i'm speaking to a lot of different people's experiences but also really underscoring that like he he's not speaking for like korean americans Mm -hmm. he's not speaking for asian americans like the experience is at once singular and universal and I thought that the way that he expressed that was really earnest and really inspiring and empathetic and lovely and I just was really taken with him and the book is so beautiful it really it's is so wonderful gorgeous. and I want to cook everything in it I was like this book it was is made for you for me <laughs> I'm so excited to make everything so um Eric if you're listening congrats you. you're a star <laughs> you rock um, yeah, this is, I would say, the best cookbook that has crossed my desk so far in the year 2022. Yeah, and you've had a lot of cookbooks cross your desk. I love to read a cookbook, but this one is like super, super, super special. To me, it like really transcends being a cookbook, which I can't say for most cookbooks. Mm-hmm. And not that that's like, you know, cookbooks are designed to do what they do, but I just feel like Eric really went there. I love it. It's I so love good. It. Well, that's one of our recommendations for you. Mm-hmm. Go buy Korean American. Big um, time. At your local independent bookstore. Yes, ma'am. But some other recommendations we have for you. Um, as I mentioned at the top, I am just obsessed with podcasts right now. And <laughs> none more 
I don't even know what I'm saying, but the one that I can't stop listening to or talking about Marie's like, please stop telling me about this podcast <laughs> um, is a podcast that's not new. It's called Las Culturistas, Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers. They're friends um, from NYU back in the day, and they've both kind of like grown their careers as actors, comics, etc. Bowen is currently on SNL. Matt um, is currently starring in a show actually that comes out on Friday that I really can't wait to watch. Um, I think it's going to be really funny. And then they're both in a movie called Fire Island that's I coming out to watch that. in June. That's going to be like big for the gay culture, I think. Yes, we're going to talk about it. I can guarantee it. Yeah, it's going to be mage. Um, so Lost Culturistas is a podcast that I've like definitely gone in and out of over the years. But I feel like I've only really listened if there's been a guest that I've liked. Like my friend slash comic Mary Beth Barone was on it. So I like listened to that one. And I don't know what like prompted me to to jump back in, but it has been giving me life this month. Like I have listened to probably 17 episodes and they're all like two hours. Like this is no, you know, small undertaking, but I just think that they are so fucking funny and I personally love pop culture. Like mm-hmm. I get all of their references. Like I'm out here watching the housewives, you know, doing important work. Um, but their podcast has so much heart and they, I think they really do explore a lot of really interesting topics and things that I'm interested in. Bowen Yang talks a lot about being an immigrant and his immigrant family. And it's like really made me kind of expand my own thinking about that. Um, but they had a recent episode with Michelle Yeoh, who stars in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm-hmm. And they had just like the most captivating conversation with her. I want to listen to that one. I had never even heard of this movie. Oh my gosh. Everyone is posting selfies of themselves hysterically crying walking out of the theater. That's correct, Marie. So I listened to this podcast and I made an offhand comment to Erica. I was like, I really want to go see this movie. And then I had a really bad day. And Erica surprised me. She said, we're going to dinner and we're going to see a movie. And we went to see everything everywhere all at once. I think this is the best movie I have seen in recent memory. Like perhaps I think it's in my top five best movies of all time. Erica famously said she had never seen me cry more while watching a film. Wow. It is. There is truly no way to describe this movie. Um, Everyone keeps saying that. I'm like, what's it about? But don't tell me. I mean, like you truly, there are no words that here's the best way to describe it. Marie, everything, everywhere, (laughs) all at once. Like that is, they nailed it. Okay, great. Um, But it's a story about the immigrant experience and it's so poignant and beautiful and perfect and kind of, you know, similar to Korean American. Like this is a story about a Chinese American family but I saw myself in it 100%. Mm-hmm. It was so gorgeous. I, it's like, I implore you to go see it in your spare time. Yes, I'm going to go see it. and I I'll think go watch it with should. you. Okay, great. Love it. It's so, so good. And then after you watch it, you should listen to the Lost Culturistas episode about it because um, it was just like incredible. Both. I can't wait. Okay, well. That was that was truly the best of my month, but I wanted to save it for a recommendation. Love. Also, it's one of those things that like I watched it, what, like 10 days ago. I've thought about it for at least 30 minutes every day since. Wow, that's really something. It's like so good. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait for you to watch it. Um, I also have a podcast to recommend. Oh, 
my god! <clears throat> wow, my voice is getting sultry, huh? Um, it's like so eleven o'clock. My dear, dear friend from high school, Beba Rodriguez, started a podcast with her mom. So um, fun, so fun. It's called OK Boomer. Um, her mom is named Anna Kinkosis. She was a Real Housewife of Miami in the first season. I think it was the first season. She's not on anymore. Um, Which is too bad because the Miami reboot is incredible television. Yeah, everyone is saying that they love it. Um, So they are talking a lot about something that actually we spent a lot of time talking about before the podcast tonight, which is like intergenerational Mm -hmm. relationships and differences and like challenges and the ways that we meet in the middle. Um, They're hilarious. Um, Obviously, I'm a little bit biased because this is my best friend's podcast, but I find them so funny. Um, And I think it's really like they're and this is just the way that they are they're both just like so bald like Mm. it's very like saucy and silly and they talk about housewives and they talk about reality tv and they talk about like culture pop culture a lot of pop culture stuff but it's also like at the same time as being like dishy and like salacious it's also so wholesome because Mm. they're mother and daughter and i just find it really delightful and i just think it's i think it's worthless and i think it's hilarious and i think it's a nice little a nice little way to look at you know the way that we relate to our parents and mm-hmm. the boomer generation so i'm loving I'm gonna it give it a listen i think you would like it I um think so too. and the other thing that i have to recommend is a television show that i feel like is not getting nearly enough recognition from the masses and that is the show Severance on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. It is so excellent. Um, it's like directed by Ben Stiller, which is kind of weird. Oh my god, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's basically like a, and it's like an office drama meets, uh, like apocalyptic capitalism mm-hmm. meets. Uh, I don't even really know how to describe it. It's like sort of, it sounds, when I was, my mom was telling me to watch it and I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this, but it's amazing. Adam Scott plays the main character. Um, He's so good in it. It's just like really, the suspense really mounts. And the last episode, the season finale was riveting. Oh my God. It was the kind of season finale that like every single minute I was like on the absolute edge of my seat and when it was over i was screaming and i'm like i cannot believe i have to wait until 2023 to watch more of this like it it's it was i was so completely engrossed in it and it's just like the all like such good cliffhangers it's so wow i'm so obsessed and i feel like i wanted to talk about it so badly and nobody that i know has watched it other than my mom so i was like can we just so you're like listeners. Can everybody just get on the train now? Would you say that's the best show you've watched in recent mem? Oh yeah, it's the that epi- the season finale is the best episode of television I've seen in like <gasps> years. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. It's perfect. Um, that leads me to a follow up question, yes. a little bit off topic. So, do you have any other thoughts on Severance? No, that's all I have for you on Severance. Did you watch the series finale of Killing Eve? No, but I know about the most important thing that happened. Same. I didn't watch it either. I'm on like season two. I started watching the new season with Hannah, and we watched the first episode, and we were like, "This sucks." <gasps> it's because your girl's gone. Which girl? Phoebe Waller Bridge. 
oh, um, yes, that's why <laughs> that I didn't realize that she was gone. Well, I that's she's like, been gone for two seasons, right? I think, and that's yeah, like all the internet drama, bad. and people are like, Phoebe would never do this. Yeah, there's some weird shit happening, um, and we were like, this won't do. But I think we actually do have to watch it because of what I found out about the end. Yes. Um, as a quick follow on that, have you ever watched the show Crashing? I have. Funny? Formerly known as, um, oh no, that's different. I always confuse Crashing with that show that was originally called Scrotal Recall. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yes. Why was a show um, ever called that? This, it's just another Phoebe Waller-Bridge yeah, show that really I was Yeah, it's really good. And it got canceled and I'm pissed about it still. <gasps> I started watching it and I was like, this is hilarious. It's the premise really is funny. that they like live in an abandoned hospital. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird and good. Yeah, so far, great. Yeah, I love that show. All right, Maria, I'm going to watch Severance. Okay, do it. I'm ready. Are you ready to talk culture with me? Yes, girl, I am. All right, Marie's going in blind on these. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is this new um, news that Audrey Gelman, who is the founder of The Wing, the now defunct Wing, has pivoted to cottagecore. Do you know about Audrey Gelman? Very vaguely. Like, I know about the epic downfall of the wing, obviously. Yeah, so I just thought this was interesting because it did take me on a wild ride just, like, recapping the downfall of the wing. Um, But then Audrey Gelman is also, like, best friends with Lena Dunham. And so she was, like, in Girls. And she was kind of, like, a socialite girly What? I didn't know that at all. But then also worked on, like, Hillary Clinton's campaign. Like, she's kind of, like, all over the place. Interesting. Um, But basically, like, the people of the internet really hate her. And I do think there's, like, a lot to (laughs) dislike. Um, And the wing in and of itself is, like, extremely horrible. And, like, I like the way that they refer to it as, like, Trump- era girl bossing Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's exactly right but the article that i read through on the cut called what was the wing um really did make me think a little bit because it was basically like as bad as the wing was in so many ways and like ultimately the downfall and like audrey gelman had to step down as ceo in 2020 after um like the killing of George Floyd and a lot of the race issues really came to a head. Um, She was like accused of just creating like an unsafe work environment. So the wing is so problematic in so many ways, but the article also did mention that like at the same time, the aesthetic of the wing really did influence a lot within like modern culture Mm. and a lot of people. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the wing was known for how it looked in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways and it was very much like a desirable aesthetic Mm -hmm. at the time and so this is interesting to me because a people hate audrey gelman and b she's opening this or she opened this like little store in brooklyn that has just like all of these wares that she calls she i think she refers to them as like things from another time and this oh article is like okay they're actually from the middle east like let's just say that oh boy. um but she's just like selling all this shit like soap in the shape of grapes um for 40 dollars that is just like super curated and it's like the aesthetic but it's interesting because it's like that's the new aesthetic mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I feel like it kind of like speaks to this larger thing of like audrey gelman is like a tastemaker 
and we're like trying to pretend like she's not but mm. here she is like doing cottage core like in the moment you know what i mean yeah it's always something when the people that everybody loves to hate are actually the ones that everybody wants to be like i'm kind of like what this told me after i did all this you know reading is that audrey gelman is the the moment even though people Yikes. really don't want her to be the moment super interesting so I just thought that was fascinating. Also, I think the journalists at The Cut are like doing really good work. The Cut is wonderful. I think it's one of the best. Yeah, I completely agree. Their journalism is just the best. Yeah, they write the best features. Period. And their Instagram is popping too. Mm-hmm. I love them. Um, Marie, another big one that we need to talk about. Yeah, I'm ready. CNN Plus. Mm-hmm. It's shutting down. The... um. So close yet so far home of the new new show for Alison Roman. For context, I believe this launched maybe, maybe 10 business days ago. And they said, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. They said, fuck, nobody signed up. That's so fucking hilarious. But you know what? Am I surprised? No, I mean, everyone is so fucking burnt out of subscribing to tv shit like we all pay five billion dollars for all of these streaming services like nobody wants cnn plus sorry like, i mean literally not even the boomers want cnn plus no. and here's the the larger question i have here is like i understand what allison roman is trying to do here but like did she genuinely think that cnn plus was like the right platform for her obviously that's a bigger question than we can answer but like Mm -hmm. to me like this closure I mean this closure has nothing to do with Allison Roman to be clear but it's also just like I'm kind of like did they think like all of those lifestyle things would be enough for people to want to get it even if they don't care about like watching the news like people our age don't watch the news they receive news in different ways right it's just so badly timed oh it's so bad and it's so funny that i'm like i mean i'm assuming they're just allison roman's highest bidder and so i'm just one i'm really curious about that's what i think where too. she will go next because she now she's had two shows crash and burn or like i mean we know, can't help but think about the chrissy Teigen show we simply can't help but think about it that's where my mind went first so anyways cnn plus it's a no-go i heard i didn't actually read the full article but I think the real issue is that only about 10,000 people signed up, which is so, so small. Few, yeah. Like if you think about people on Instagram and like the numbers of people that join lives, like more people join lives <laughs> than join CNN Plus. You know, and that's really saying something because lives are terrible. Yeah. So um, Ali Rowe, good luck. Good luck to you, girl. Maybe we're, third we're time watching. will be the charm. We're really watching. Um, the final piece of culture that we need to tell you about for this month which has really wrapped up nicely for us today mm-hmm. is the elon musk twitter saga i'm dying to um, hear your thoughts as culminating a girl. in him fucking buying twitter today today um as a as a 15 year twitter user mm-hmm. um as an early adopter i'll say i mean you love words yeah i don't fuck with this at all oh um i think that it's cre i think it scares me (laughs) that uh one that one person can have so much influence and just do whatever they want in the world because they have billions because they have billions of dollars and if you have billions of dollars 
you can get billions more mm-hmm. in two weeks without ask like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. 10 like 14 days ago he was like haha maybe I should buy Twitter and then he secured for 46 billion dollars of funding like within two weeks mm-hmm. and to me that is really fucking scary um I just don't trust the world mm-hmm. and this is a great example of why um I also just like I and just like to zoom in on the Twitter of it all, I just think that he's um gonna make it bad. Like he's like, I want Twitter to be like better. Like he basically his beef with Twitter is that like the it isn't enough freedom of speech. So mm-hmm. like he doesn't want to censor people. Like he's gonna what he's gonna give Donald Trump back his Twitter. Like no, thank you. Mm-mm. Also, like I don't need any more Nazis to have freedom of speech like i like that they're getting kicked off of twitter i think that's correct because bad people on twitter like actually accomplish things in the world Mm -hmm. so i feel really bummed about it i know that like the stakeholders could say no but at the end of the day everybody's just gonna look out for the bottom line so i have no faith i feel really freaked out I'm, I don't have, like, that articulate of thoughts about it. But, like, and I actually wasn't on Twitter at all today. My dad broke this news to me on the phone. He was like, so what do you think about Twitter? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, oh, my God. And then he went on and on and on and on and on and on and on about it for, like, 20 minutes because my dad is a nerd for the economy. Um, it's fascinating. So I haven't even looked at what the people are saying on Twitter is the truth. And I'm so scared to open that application. Please report back. I you will. are like my Twitter girl on the ground. I do love Twitter. I, I fear that my days of loving it will, are drawing to a close. But Sad. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think thing, I think really bad things are going on with these apps on our phones in yeah, general. They're bad, they're bad. I think they're going to be leaving us soon. I think Instagram is like completely doomed. I hope so. It's bad for us. It's bad for us. Um, all right. Well, that's the culture. Culture. A little bit of light culture, a little bit of heavy culture. Yes, as always, we like to do both. Um, Elisa. Yes. For our wild card section, you mm-hmm. have a little bit of of a hot take for us. Throwing I have a it hot take. You know, old days. in the month of April, this hot take did come to me and we said, we better share it with all of you. Yeah, it's important. My hot take is that cottage cheese is better than burrata fighting words they're fighting words that she has the first time i said this marie thought i said ricotta is better than burrata no i thought you said cottage cheese is better than ricotta oh and i said you know what i'm i can i can get on board with that i really strongly believe in cottage cheese i love cottage cheese but i do think that better than burrata is a bridge too far but please tell us why i just think that well I will say that, like, if you're getting a very fresh burrata, mm-hmm. like, there's no contest. Yeah, for sure. Totally. But, like, a regular grocery store burrata, mm-hmm. the outside skin, like the mozzarella part, mm-hmm. it's... It's skinny. It's skinny. It's a little tough. It just has a little too much chew, if you know what I'm saying. And if you've eaten a bad burrata, you know. Like, all the Trader well. Joe's burrata. Yeah. I'll say it. Yeah. And the inside is luscious, perfect, delicious. And what I have to say is that the inside is cottage cheese. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I had the good um, 
what's it called? Good, good culture. Com- good culture cottage cheese with tomatoes and like olive oil and sea salt. And I was like, this is so much better than when I had this with burrata. Here's the thing about cottage cheese also. Cottage cheese is luscious, Mm -hmm. delicious, and it's healthy. Mm -hmm. So like you feel like you're eating a decadent treat. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you're eating like an incredible amount of protein Mm -hmm. and calcium. And, you know, when you eat a whole ball of burrata, you feel like shit. Yeah, because that shit is not healthy. You feel like you're going to poop your cream, pants. That's just And you might. You could. <laughs> but you won't poop your pants if you eat cottage Probably cheese. Probably not. I guess if you're lactose intolerant, don't. we're not doctors. Then don't eat either yeah, of them. Yeah, you're not eating any kind of cheese. Use but your brain. Yeah, I just was kind of like, I... I think burrata, burrata is like truffles. You know, like people lose their shit for burrata. Like mm. every basic like brunch spot has a burrata on the menu. That's true. And I'm here to say like I'm done with burrata. And <laughs> where's the cottage cheese? It's like that uh, SNL skit with A.D. Bryant and uh, Bowen Yang. Out. Burrata. I do think that burrata, what you're getting at here, I do agree with. And that is that burrata is overrated. Completely. But that's only because most burrata is not that good. But good burrata is unbeatable. Good burrata is unbeatable, and I agree with that. I just think, like, most burrata that we eat is is a pass. I understand. I understand. And you can't eat burrata mm-hmm. for breakfast. And you know what you can't eat for breakfast? Cottage, cottage cheese. cheese. <laughs> Where he's going to do it tomorrow. Yes, ma'am, I am. Yeah, cottage cheese is really fucking cottage good. Cottage cheese, hard-boiled egg, some kind of sliced vegetable, flaky sea salt, everything but the bagel seasoning also mm-hmm. on cottage cheese. So good. I think it just got like a really bad rep in the 90s. Yeah. It was like diet Diet moms. culture rep. But they were onto something. And like it's fucking good. Buy whole milk also. Don't be buying any skim cottage cheese. Oh, yeah. Don't even think about that. That's my hot take. I love it so much. Thank you. I stand by it. Yes. I I'm with I stand beside you. <gasps> wow, yeah. convert. Here I am. I don't know that everybody will. No, they almost certainly will not. I just think a lot of people out there haven't like tried cottage cheese. Yeah, I th- I say give cottage cheese a chance and get the good culture. Get you can good get culture. It everywhere it's now. so good. Honestly, you, it's crazy. You good. almost don't even need to put anything on it. It's no, tasty it all plain. by itself. Salty. Salt. I I creamy. pepper it though. God, it's good. I can't wait to eat breakfast tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Well, that just about wraps that up just April. About wraps up. Any other thoughts before we move on to our look ahead? No. We've covered it. Was it was a better month. Remember, March was bad for March you. March was a bad month. April was a better month. Despite the COVID. I found, despite the COVID of it all, I found a note in my phone that I was looking through my old notes and I always have chaotic, like, tiny thoughts and, like, one lines of poetry and in this note, I titled the note, April is the cruelest month, Oof. and then which is uh, an absolute classic um, T.S. Eliot moment that I love to carry with me. But in, so the, that's, the title was April is the cruelest month, and the body of the note was, I disagree, April fucking rules. Mm. And that was like several years ago. And you know what? I do love April. The weather has been that energy. unbeatable the past week. It's been like chilly in the morning. It warms up during it's the day. Been like, yeah. And then it's chilly at night. It's like Maine in the summer. It's perfect yeah, it's weather. Good stuff. All right, Marie, what's coming up for you in May? <sighs> May begins 
I think that May is the beginning of my chaos, mm-hmm. of my summer chaos. It's the beginning of the end, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, wedding season kicks off, mm-hmm. travel kicks off, and, like, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be so fun, but I'm also kind of, like, taking a deep breath and preparing. Well, it's kind of, like... I feel like I forgot how to not only be in my house. Right. Like I'm, I need to like set my jaw and like prepare mm-hmm. for the wildness that is coming, but it's going to be great. I'm going to be spending, I'm going on vacation, um, like be real so ass nice. vacation. Like I'm going to Puerto Rico with Hannah for like more than a week. I can't which believe Which is going to be so nice. We're just going to sit our butts on the sand, read a million mm. and one books um, but yeah, I just feel like once May kicks off, it's going to be like nonstop and we're going to wake up and it's going to be August or maybe even September. And I'm going to say that what happened? Always fucking happens. I mean, even the May of it all is a little sudden. Yeah, I know. I can't believe and it. Winter fucking over. drags. I know. It's so weird. Um, OK, what about you? What are you looking ahead toward? The month of May, I'm looking forward to more live music. Yes. I have a few concerts coming up I'm very excited for, one being Lucius. Yeah. Love them. Love them so much. Um, Erica's birthday is in May, Yay. so I'm excited to celebrate Erica. We're going to have a hot dog party. We're going to have a bowling party. Oh. We're just going to do it up. Perfect parties. I'm looking forward to picnics. Yes. I think May is the time to really start venturing outside more. Definitely. Do some hiking, etc. And um, finally, I really, I hate to speak about this in my spare time, but I need to get a new job. And yes, you do. And it's, it's carrying over into some of my spare time. Mm-hmm. But that's my hope for the month of May. I love those hopes. Thank you. I, I want them all for you. I'm not really traveling yet, but I my travels really kick off in the month of June. Yeah. Which is like, be... I can't believe June is next. It's like upon us practically. It's oh wild. Oh my God. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. But you know what? Here we are. And yeah. we do have our book club. Yes. Coming out. Really this excited. Month. Yeah. Really excited. We are going to have a special guest yes we're jazzed yeah it's gonna be really cool i think yeah i think we're putting together something pretty pretty legit for you guys pretty legit we had like a pretty i would say um thoughtful discussion yeah we were earlier. having some we were having an intellectual ass conversation we were like we are smart that's why we didn't start recording this podcast <laughs> until 10 o'clock at night we were being smart uh, um we're so smart but a quick update on our book club yes. we are going to be doing two books at a time that feels yes. to be the best you know sitch for us and for you it gives you time to read the books Mm -hmm. but the podcast book episodes are really going to be evergreen yeah so catch up after no spoilers so we'll still keep one book a month like Mm -hmm. one book per month but then we'll have the episode recapping two books every other month Mm -hmm. and we're gonna add on another book as well we're gonna add a cookbook yeah because we can't help ourselves you know we know our roots yeah and we think it's fun uh, we're keeping up with the cookbooks and we want you guys to know what's what yeah so um would you like to do the honors of announcing our may cookbook yeah uh we just spoke about it at length and we thought it would be only fitting to start with korean american um and we are hoping we don't not totally sure what how we're gonna go through the cookbook yet like uh, maybe we'll cook some stuff and talk about it Mm -hmm. 
um do a little garden party action mm. perhaps but we're really looking forward to sort of marrying the book passion and the cook passion that we have here on this pod yeah on this pod and you know like we are reading and cooking in our spare time most Duh. of the time almost you know some might say every day some might maybe not for me <laughs> But yes, Korean American by Eric Kim is going to be our May cookbook of the month. So excited. And our May book is going to be Yerba Buena by Nina LaCour. Famously, I said it was the best book I read all year in what, what I did I read it in January? Yeah, I think so. We'll see. But I really thought it was so gorgeous. So I'm excited. I can't to... wait to read it. I'm so excited for it to finally come out. Oh my god, I hope you like it. I'm going to. It's okay if you don't. Okay. You can be honest. Thank you. Um, but we'll discuss it here on this pod. Yay! And our book club episode dropping later is going to be Don't Cry For Me by Daniel Block. And Delilah Green Doesn't Care by Ashley Herring Blake. Woohoo. Woo to the who. All right, well, we'll see you guys in, in just a couple uh, days. Just a few shakes of the lamb's tail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have a great May. Yes. Uh, thanks for spending your spare time with us, as Toodaloo. always. Ciao for now. <laughs>